famous passage that I'm sure almost all of you have heard before, but here we go. Matthew 6, 25 to 34. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, and what shall we drink, and what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I'm going to read that last verse again. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. You got enough trouble today. Just live through today. Quote from Corey Ten Boom that I want to put up on the screen. If you don't know who Corey Ten Boom is, you need to. She and her family were Dutch Christians that hid Jews during World War II, and the Nazis discovered them and put them in the concentration camp with the Jewish prisoners, and she lost her entire family. All of her siblings and parents died either in the gas chambers or of sickness during the time in the camp except for her. She's a fantastic woman. If you haven't read the book The Hiding Place or seen that movie, you need to, you need to check out The Hiding Place. She said, Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. There's a more full quote in the next screen here. Worrying is carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength. Carrying two days at once. It is moving into tomorrow ahead of time. Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. Worry is carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength. Carrying two days at once. Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Sufficient for today is its own trouble. Tomorrow will have its own. She's saying the same thing as Jesus, just different language. So here is today, and here is tomorrow. I have all of my chores and needs and emotions and projects and all my to-do list today. And if that isn't enough, I've got to mentally and emotionally go into tomorrow and pull all of those burdens over here and carry them at the same time. And that's what Jesus said not to do. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. We can't live two days at once. You cannot live today and tomorrow at the same time. Don't worry about tomorrow. Just do what you need to do today. Amen? How much of today do we waste every day worrying or fantasizing about tomorrow? positively or negatively some of you are scared about tomorrow this bad thing's going to happen and how are we going to pay these bills and what if somebody gets sick and there's a problem with the car and we don't know what it is and we're worried about the future so we waste today or 
Some of you are always fantasizing about how great it's going to be in the future when my present situation gets fixed. If I just had a different job, or if I just had this problem fixed, or if I, once, I, once I get these bills paid, sometime in the future, it'll be better. Positively or negatively, we cannot go to tomorrow and bring it to today. It wastes all of our strength today. How much of today do we waste worrying for, about, or planning for, or imagining, good or bad, imagining tomorrow? Someday, I'll be rich, and I'll be happy. Someday, I won't have these problems. Someday, we can move to Hawaii, and none of our problems will follow us. We'll always have enough money, and we'll never be sick, and we'll never be upset, and uh, someday, 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 we're always living in the future, or, or in worry and fear. How are we going to pay those bills, and what if somebody gets sick, and, and what if, and what if, and always planning for both optimistically and pessimistically, we are planning for the future, and we waste today, which is all we really have. From Ecclesiastes chapter 11, invest what you have, because after a while, you will get a return. Invest what you have in different, several different businesses because you don't know what disasters might happen. That is Solomon 3,000 years ago saying, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Diversify your portfolio. Don't invest everything in one. Spread it out because you don't know what's going to succeed and what's going to fail. Invest what you have because after a while you will get a return. Invest what you have in several different businesses because you don't know what disasters might happen. If clouds are full of rain, they will shower on the earth. A tree can fall to the north or the south, but it will stay where it falls. Those who wait for perfect weather will never plant seeds, and those who look at every cloud will never harvest crops. You don't know where the wind will blow, and you don't know how a baby grows inside the mother. In the same way, you don't know what God is doing or how he created everything. So plant your seed early in the morning and do not let your hands be idle in the evening because you don't know if this or that will succeed or maybe both might do equally well. That's the Good News Bible translation, which is a modern paraphrase. If you want to read it in your own Bible, that's fine later. But here's Solomon say, talking to the people who are always trying to second guess the future. And because they don't know what's going to happen, they never do anything. He's living in an agrarian world where everybody's a farmer and... If clouds are full of rain, they will shower on the earth. A tree can fall to the north or the south, but it will stay where it falls. Solomon says, you know what? You can't plan for every contingency. You can't know what's coming. Yes, the tree could fall this way or this way. You don't know, but where it falls, it will land. And you can't know that ahead of time. He says, if the cloud has rain in it, it will rain. My dad's a farmer, my father-in-law's a farmer, and... Most of you are maybe not familiar with that, maybe, but farming, absolutely, totally controlled by the weather. And he's writing to farmers, and he says, don't worry about whether it's going to rain or not. If the cloud has rain, it's going to rain. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You've got to do what you've got to do today. You can't be second-guessing the future all the time and wasting today. Hello? Those who wait for perfect weather will never plant, and those who look at every cloud will never harvest. If you're always looking at the circumstances and waiting until it lines up perfectly until you make a decision, you're never going to make a decision because you can't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Yes, you can study and analyze and know the signs and, and you can understand your industry or market or whatever it is that you do, but the, there's never going to be 
a perfect set of circumstances where you can know the future. Oh, now, finally, I know if I quit my job and start my dream business, it'll work out perfectly. Now I know. It's never going to happen. You don't know where the wind will blow. You don't know how a baby grows. You don't know what God is doing. You do not understand the future. So the next screen finishes the passage. So the object, the, the instruction is start early in the morning and work until the evening. You don't know. Some of your work is going to prosper and some of it's going to fail, but you'll be all right. Just work hard from morning till evening. Some of your projects will blow up in your face. Some of them will make you a lot of money. This is not my sermon this morning, but it's a really good piece of wisdom. (laughs) Just work early in the morning until you go to bed at night. Some of what you do will be success. Some of it will be a failure. Maybe all of it will succeed. And your dream business or your project or whatever will just be wonderful. But just work hard and leave the results to God. Do you see that? Well, my point for today is, the same as my point has been so far, is we cannot know the future. We cannot waste today waiting till we know the future. Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. You've got enough to do today. Tomorrow will be enough when you get there. Corey Tin Boom says, you can't go to tomorrow and bring it into the day and worry and fear about it because now you're trying to live two days at once. Solomon says, Quit trying to second guess everything and make it all line up and be perfect. Just do what you need to do today. Just work hard today. You know what you need to do today. Do it. Don't try to second guess the future optimistically or pessimistically. There are people who are foolishly optimist and there are people who are foolishly pessimist. Both are wrong. Just do what you need to do today. Obviously, you don't want to make a premature decision to quit your job and chase after some pipe dream. But when it's time to bite the bullet, make the best decision you can make given the information you have today and leave the results to God. Amen? I had to tell Will just today, talking about um, college plans. I said, he's praying about it. He's waiting on the direction of the Lord. I said, you know what? There's a lot of decisions in life that we have to make. We do not get a thus saith the Lord kind of clouds part the light shines down the angels sing this is what God wants you to do mostly that doesn't happen so what I was telling Will is okay you pray about it every day this college decision and direction and plan you ask God to tell you to direct your steps you be in your own heart you be ready to change your plan at a moment's notice if you hear from him or if something becomes apparent. But until that happens, God can't steer a parked car. You just move forward, and it's okay for you to tell him what you want. It's perfectly fine to say, God, George Fox is my first choice, but I can't afford it. Can you work it out? It's totally fine for you to tell God what you want as long as your heart is ready to go wherever he wants, if and when he makes that apparent. All right? Just make the best decision you can. But we're always trying to hedge our bets, aren't we? Well, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And so we end up never really doing anything. 
or, or we waste today and its opportunities and its strength carrying tomorrow in worry and fear. Solomon says, quit wasting today, not doing anything because you don't know about tomorrow. You can't live two days at once. A quote from Alexis de Tocqueville in 1840. It is odd to watch with what feverish passion Americans pursue prosperity, ever tormented by the shadowy suspicion that they might not have chosen the shortest route to get it. They cleave to the things of this world as if they are assured that they will never die, and yet rush to snatch any that comes within their reach as if they expected to stop living before enjoying them. Death steps in in the end and stops them before they have grown tired of this futile pursuit of that complete happiness which always escapes them. This is a Frenchman writing in 1840 when our country was only a few decades old. He says, I see that Americans are always chasing prosperity, but not just trying to work hard and get, build assets and get wealth, but they're always concerned with what is the shortest, easiest route to prosperity. And not even just concerned with what is the shortest and easiest route, but a fear that I didn't choose the shortest, easiest route. They're always having more, but they're never happy. Always looking to the future, never content in the present. We're always striving for some future happiness and satisfaction to which we never arrive. We're always working to avoid some fear or worry that of some imagined future disaster. But you can't live tomorrow, today. Today is the only day we have. Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Corey Ten Boom says, if you do that, it's like you're trying to live two days at once, and you don't have grace for that. Today's got enough of its own. Solomon says, you're never going to second guess the future. Just do what you need to do today. The tree could fall anyway, but you're not going to predict where it's going to fall. But where it falls, it lands, and there's nothing you can do about it. Lamentations 3. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord's mercies are new every morning. Every morning, God starts a new day. New mercy. Hey, Mitch, your mess-ups from yesterday, you confessed. You said you were sorry. They're done and gone. Don't waste time doing it again, and don't waste time beating yourself up about it. My mercy's new this morning. Every new sunrise, new day. Next scripture is 2 Corinthians 6, 2. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Today is the only day you have. Today, right now, is the only moment that God can work in in your life. He cannot go back and change the past and he will not tell you the future. I said he cannot go back and change the past and he will not tell you the future. Today, right now, is the day of salvation. Hello? There's only grace for today. But there's new mercy every single day. We get to start fresh with God. So don't waste today's grace worrying about tomorrow. Because he gives you grace for today and that's it. There's mercy for today, and that's it. I can't live two days at once. So I have all the things I need to do today and all the things I need to take care of. It's a total waste of time to go into tomorrow and and bring that to my present moment now. It's just a waste of time. Because God's name is I Am. 
I am the God of the present moment. He is the God of the past and the present and the future, but his name is I am. He's the God of right now, the present moment. Every day has its own grace. So I cannot go into tomorrow and bring all of my fears and worries about what might happen or all of my dreams and my predictions and my stresses and bring them into the day and try to live two days at once. But neither can I go backward into yesterday and bring yesterday into today. Ephesians 4 says, Don't let the sun go down on your anger. If you do, you've let Satan have territory in your heart. Every day has to resolve itself at the end of the day. Or you're in Satan's territory and not God's. Because here's yesterday... And I slept through the night, and I crossed God's mercy line. There are new mercies every morning. But I brought me a duffel bag of stuff from yesterday that I'm not, I don't want to let go of, but God did. So now I am no longer on God's territory. I'm on Satan's territory. I cannot live two days at once. I can't have tomorrow in today, and I can't have yesterday in today. I can only have today, right now. That's it. It's the only moment I have. Ephesians 4. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't let Satan have a foothold in your life. Today has to be completely resolved. When I go to bed at night, there better not be anything I need to confess. There better not be anybody I need to forgive. There better not be any work that's unfinished. I can sleep in peace and I wake up the next morning and I'm refreshed and I'm ready to go again. I have no baggage from yesterday and I have no worries about tomorrow. Sound good? It's got to be resolved. Unforgiveness has to be left in yesterday. I cross God's mercy line. The sun rose. His mercy is new. That's for me and it's for the person that sinned against me. I have to leave it because I can't live two days at once. Anybody else tried that before? It's killer, isn't it? It's killer. Jesus said so. You cannot bring tomorrow into today and you cannot bring yesterday into today it's got to be left behind Henry David Thoreau said I rarely meet a man who lives in today almost everyone lives in the past or the future and it's so true we're always afraid of and or fantasizing something about the past or the future there are people who live in the past looking backward in regret and pain and sorrow and bitterness and unforgiveness and all of their emotional imagination is in the past in fear and anger and unforgiveness and they waste the present other people look back and they live in the past but it's in positive fantasy about nostalgia oh life used to be so much easier for previous generations or my life was good and I had peace before my ex did this Or so-and-so ruined my life, and before that tragedy, things were good, but now they can never be good again. You see, they are totally wasting every present day looking backward. There are people that live in the future constantly in either worry and fear and dread about what's coming, the government and the shutdowns and the economy and my job or my health, and what if somebody in the family gets struck with some terrible disease, and they're wasting the present looking into the future with fear and anxiety, or they waste the present looking into the future with some sort of positive fantasy, like, well, after I win the lottery, then I'll be happy. 
Or after I get over this health problem, then I can, then I can be at peace. Or after my wife gets her act together, then I can be happy. After revival comes, then church won't be boring anymore. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Positive or negative, optimistically or pessimistically, it is always sin to look back or forward at the expense of missing today. The God whose name is I Am is also called the God of Peace. You will only ever find peace right now. It is the only place peace is available. You're never going to arrive at peace in the future if you don't choose it right now. Nothing about the past is going to go backward in a time machine and get fixed. You just have to forgive and be at peace right now. The God of peace, his name is I Am. He's not waiting for you tomorrow to bring you peace. He's available right now. In this moment, will you forgive? Will you stop being afraid? Will you just rest in me? Stop trying to live two or a hundred days at once. Just live now with me. In the present moment. If you think your peace is in the past, either in regret or nostalgia, you're never going to find peace because it's not there. If your peace is in the future, either when you find out that this bad thing you're afraid of doesn't happen or this great thing that you imagine is going to happen, you didn't win the lottery three weeks ago, you're never going to arrive at any peace. The only place peace is, is right now, this moment. Metaphysically and mathematically, Today is all we have. Live today. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for each day is its own troubles. And tomorrow when I get there, his grace will be sufficient for that. Earn your money. Pay your bills. Quit trying to make things perfect. Just work your day. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. Today is the day of salvation right now. So, one of the very most practical pieces of advice I can give you about not bringing yesterday into today, one of the most common ways we stress ourselves out is that I didn't finish yesterday, yesterday, I brought some of it into today because I left the dishes in the sink overnight. Today, I have 100% of God's grace but I also have 100% of what I need to do today, but I also got 20% of yesterday left over because I didn't take care of it. You should have washed the dishes yesterday. Yesterday there was grace for yesterday's dishes. Today there's grace for today's dishes. The dishes is just the example. I'm talking about everything. You didn't finish yesterday. So now you've brought it into today, and now I've got all of today plus some of yesterday. And I stress myself out because there's not grace for that. Uh Uh-huh. I see you nodding. Today has enough cares of its own. Jesus said so. I don't need yesterday's cares also. Procrastination and laziness stress us out. 
I didn't take care of what I should have done yesterday. I decided to go shop on Amazon for an hour. Or I want to play Candy Crush. Or you know, what, I want to sit down and watch a movie or whatever. And none of those things are wrong, but they're wrong if you've got laundry to do. Sorry, I didn't mean to step on your toe there. <laughs> we just want to veg out and relax But there's grace today for what needs done today, and there will be grace tomorrow for what needs done tomorrow. But if I leave 10 or 20% of what should have been done today, and it's undone, I wake up overloaded, overwhelmed, stressed out because I have more to do than what I should have to do because I didn't tidy up, I didn't resolve yesterday. Probably our biggest problem as Americans and as American Christians is that we don't force ourselves to work hard all day, six days a week, and then rest all day, one day a week. We don't do that. So that's God's instruction. We kind of work hard all the time, and we kind of waste time all the time. We're working continually, eight days a week, but all the way through that, well, I'm just going to check Facebook for five minutes, and an hour later... Or, oh, I'm tired, I'm just exhausted, I'm just going to sit here and watch a movie. And I have 18 things on my to-do list, so I'm not going to do any of them. And it isn't restful. It's just escape. Hello? If you have 18 things to do on your to-do list, you know you can't get anywhere near all of them done. But if you do two, you will have way more peace in the back of your mind than if you sit down to watch a movie and don't do any of them. We just kind of work continually and then waste time continually. And I certainly include myself. I'm not preaching any judgment. But the reason you're overwhelmed today is because you've got all of today's troubles that Jesus said you would have, plus the stuff I didn't tidy up yesterday or the day before. Hello? I've got to paint the house. I've got to fix the fence. I've got to organize the garage. I've got to clean up the basement or the attic. I've got to weed the garden and on and on and on. And So there's repairs and upkeep and maintenance of our house and our car, and it's not any problem. It's not any sin that we have a to-do list. Uh, Nobody's doing anything wrong, and it's never going to go away. And I have this fantasy that one day, maybe even just for one hour, if I could just check everything off my to-do list, then I would be at peace. I wouldn't have this monkey on the back of my brain reminding me of everything I'm supposed to do. It's total fantasy, isn't it? My to-do list is way longer than I'm ever going to get finished. But So, you know, maintenance and, and upkeep on your house and your car and cleaning the house, which is going to happen all day, every day. You know, you're never going to not do dishes and laundry and vacuuming and dusting. And There's nothing wrong with having to do those chores, but if we don't do them when they need done, then they rack up on us. And there was grace to do what needed done yesterday, but now I've got today's chores plus yesterday's. And I can't handle it, it stresses me out. And everybody said, amen, Amen. Uh uh-huh. Yeah, so cleaning and maintenance, it's just a matter of being regular and disciplined and doing what needs done. Keeping up our vehicles and our house and and all of this. And here's an example of what I'm talking about. Yesterday, supposed to be my day off, but I didn't get all my work done. So I'm here, and my plan was to finish up my sermon which I did, and then the fence out here was full of uh, leaves and tumbleweeds that had blown in, and I brought my propane burner, and I was going to burn them out of the fence. So I'm raking 
and uh, working out here in our neighbor over here where it's talking at the fence and then he points out that the gutter along this side of the building was half off it had fallen touching the ground clear on this end and I had no idea nobody had informed me and I hadn't been around there for a long time and he said he, he thought I would know but I go thank you I was profusely thankful so standing at his fence I see the gutter it's on the ground kind of looped up halfway to the middle of the building and my first thing is I just looked at the forecast and I know I got about four days of sunshine and clear weather and then Wednesday night th- Thursday Thanksgiving is supposed to be kind of sketchy okay and I said I can get to it on Monday or Tuesday I suppose and because nothing's going to happen before then weather-wise that would pull it down instantly the Holy Spirit is like Mitch you dope what are you preaching on Sunday don't put it off do it now but you know I had come in with sort of the idea in the back of my head that I'd get my work done here and then my family had bought me a new pistol for my birthday and I was going to head up to Spring Creek in the woods and do some plinking and God, I want to go shoot my firearm. Sorry. There's grace to do this right now. So I get the weeds and leaves burned and I had to get out the ladder and put up the gutter and all the nails were still there. They'd just all fallen out in the wind or something. It didn't take me 20 minutes. And I still got to go up to the woods to shoot. And if I had not put the gutter up yesterday, nothing bad would happen. The wind is not blowing today. It isn't raining. There isn't a storm. I could get to it tomorrow or Tuesday. Except that last night, today, tomorrow, there's this thing on the back of my head. Mitch, don't forget the gutter. Don't leave it there. You have all this other stuff to do, but you also have the gutter. You get it. You get it. So it didn't take 20 minutes. It did not cut into my shooting time. But the monkey is gone. Because the chore is done. God gave me grace to do what I needed to do yesterday. And if I had left it, then I have 100% of God's grace, but I got 120% work. And that math don't add up. It equals stress and anxiety and panic attacks. And 3 o'clock in the morning, hey, Mitch, wake up. I'm going to remind you about everything you got to do today. Uh-huh. Anybody else know that demon? Uh-huh. Mitch, you need to start worrying. You need to start sweating. you got more to do to do today than you can possibly get done, and I'm going to keep you awake till 6, and then I'm going to let you sleep 15 minutes so you feel worse than if you just got up. And then you're, gonna, you're never going to get it all done anyway. I see we all know the same friend. Say hello to my little friend. So, cleaning, maintenance, upkeep is not a problem. We just have to stay on top of it or it becomes burden. But messes, that's a whole different thing entirely. Messes are our own fault. A messy garage or a messy kitchen or a messy closet or a mess under your bed, you know what that is? That's 187 tiny little unresolved days that all snowballed into one because you didn't take 90 seconds to run it down to the basement or out to the garage or put it in the cupboard. You just shoved it under the bed. You closed the closet and shut the door. And you did that 187 times over the last six months and now you have a big mess for which there is no grace. 
except if you'll repent, ask God to forgive you, clean it up, change your ways. Actually, messes never have to happen. Just put everything away every time, and you'll only have regular cleaning and dusting to do. You won't have messes. I preach that like I know that. <laughs> I do know it, but, you know. Just, just take 10 seconds, 90 seconds, run it down to the basement, take it out to the toolbox, put it away on the shelf, fold the laundry instead of shoving it in the drawer, whatever it is. In the moment, it's like, okay, I'll deal with that later, but then do we ever? No, and we do that 100 times. And you've got a mess you can't deal with. Got a lot more smiles and nods going on now. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I find that one reason I don't take care of today's business in today is because I am not thankful for what God has given me in some things. You have a vehicle and the check engine light comes on and you take it to Mike and he says, oh, it's an emissions problem. We don't need to fix that. We'll just keep driving it. And then the electric lock starts, stops working on one door. But hey, we can use our fingers. We can unlock that thing. And then one of the windows won't roll down and then a light bulb burns out. And then, then it's like, oh, this old piece of clunker, it probably needs too much money to fix. We'll just trade it in. And it would have cost you 800 bucks to fix it. But now you're going to spend $400 a month for five years. Because you didn't take care of something. Because you didn't appreciate it. Well, if I had a nicer house, I'd really take care of that. But I don't love this house. It's not mine anyway. We're just renting. I don't need to take care of it. If I had a nicer car, I'd, re- I'd really maintain that well. I'd keep it shiny and keep it running. This old clunker ain't worth my money. If you appreciate it, if you thank God for what you have, no matter how small or cheap it is, when you value it, you make it valuable and you keep it beautiful. And the problems don't snowball into something you can't afford. Because you paid a little bit as you went along and you kept it up. Hello? You won't get overwhelmed with chores that you didn't take care of as you went along. I took care of every day, inside of each day, I didn't bring yesterday into today, so I wake up feeling refreshed and ready to go. I got 100% grace. I know I got 100% work, but I don't have 110% work. The time we waste today doesn't just affect today because now I have additional need of time tomorrow to do what should have been done today. Is that confusing to anybody else? Hopefully you're following me. One of the reasons that we don't get yesterday done inside of yesterday, and so part of that work snowballs and rolls over on us the next morning, is because I should have said no back here to a few things. There was 18 things I could have done, and if I'd have said no to four of them, I would have got the others done. Some of you need to say no to other people when they ask you to do things. But most of you are really good at that. The person you need to say no to is yourself. No, I don't need to watch a movie tonight. I should really be vacuuming. No, I don't need to spend an hour shopping on Wayfair or Amazon or wherever it is you shop. I I should be out in the garage cleaning up. 
Solomon said, don't let your hands be idle in the evening. We waste so much time in the evenings. Come home from work at 5 and eat dinner and think the day is over, but you're up for another 3 or 4 hours. Or 6, as the case may be, you night owls. Your day isn't over when you eat dinner. I'm not saying don't rest or read a book or watch a movie or whatever, but make sure your day is done. Whatever needs done. Some of you need to say no to your own creativity because you're always starting another project. Oh, I have an idea. Let's do this. Let's build this. Let's buy this piece of junk and I'm going to fix it up. And you have so many projects, you can't get any of them done. And it's stressing you out. Sorry, I didn't mean to step on your toe there. The main person we need to say no to is ourselves. To entertainment or spending money or wasting time or sometimes even your own ideas. You're like, oh, this would be really fun. Let's, let's start this construction project. Let's do this remodel. Let's start this thing. And then you get a few days into it and, and it, doesn't, it gets shoved in a box or a tote somewhere. And it's never done. Or you have a car out in the shed that you've been going to restore for 20 years. Just leave that there. It's fine. It's fine. If you have a car, you're going to restore. But you don't need two more. Because some of you junk collectors. Uh, Sometimes it's not that we weren't working hard enough yesterday, it was that we said yes to too much. You really, really worked hard. You busted your hump yesterday to get everything done, but it didn't happen because we just needed to have been attempting a little less. Sometimes it's not work or money related at all. It's the, the reason we bring yesterday into today is that something needs to happen that I am dreading happening. Like I need to go to so-and-so and confess a sin or apologize, or I need to confront them about something they said or did to me, or I need to go to school and confront my child's teacher, or something you don't want to do. And we live in dread, so what do we do? We put it off. How stupid are we? I dread this thing, so instead of dreading it for two days, I'll dread it for two weeks. (laughs) That's totally me. How dumb I carry this burden and stress myself out living not just two days at once, but ten. This thing is always hanging over me and instead of resolving it in today when it needed to be resolved, I go to bed and I don't sleep. I'm worried about it in the middle of the night. I know I have to talk to that person or I know I have to confront this thing or I really should be confessing this and I don't because I don't want to have that conversation I didn't resolve yesterday in yesterday. I bring it into today and then tomorrow and then tomorrow and then tomorrow. And we stress ourselves out for weeks rather than just a few hours. I don't know if anybody else is as dumb as me, but that is what I do. Come on, Mitch. How smart is it? If you dread this thing, get it over with. Do it. Live in today. Today is where there's peace. 
Leave yesterday and yesterday. Leave tomorrow for tomorrow. One day at a time. Right now, I am as peace for you. Lord, thank you for your peace. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace that is enough, your sufficient grace for us today.